0: Welcome to episode number eight of the Modern Accounting Podcast, where we explore the intersection of technology in the accounting industry. Today, we're going to be talking about the six most important aspects of accounting technology, or as some like to call it, your tech stack. And we're going to reference our accounting tech optimization model, that is quite the mouthful, when discussing these six components. And for each component, we're going to provide examples of good, better, and best practices. And then finally, we'll provide tools that will help you get started in regards to your firm's technology. Joe, how does that sound?
1: sounds like a mouthful
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely you want to you want to tell us a little bit about those six components yeah for sure
1: thank you justin and good to be back so first things i mean we're just going to kind of go through rapid fire uh what the topics are we'll unpack each thing on their own in a little bit but we're going to talk about it support applications gear connectivity security and strategy and just why everything's important in its own right so with that I think we'll go ahead and uh, transition and get right into it.
0: So let's put the spotlight on each component before jumping into the good, better, best, starting with IT support. Joe, why is IT support one of the main aspects of a firm's accounting tech stack?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've mentioned it in a few a few times in the past, right? The the everyday accountant can't just do everything themselves, right? Uh at some point they they need to do taxes and bookkeeping and client accounting services. So when your team needs a little extra help, you need technology that can offer your firm the support it needs and manage the challenges of everything going on in your daily life, especially with technology so it's almost like as as sure of a thing as uh as taxes as technology these days
0: and with technology comes apps which is number two on our model can you tell us a little bit about apps
1: yeah applications broadly i mean this is workforce applications that uh, make it easier for your team to communicate collaborate share files engage with your customers and manage cash flow in your, uh, and apar so uh for us we we're trying to focus on the things that I mean, every uh, every firm needs every company needs so you get team collaboration tools like teams and slack i don't know how many times i could say team uh, inside of the same uh, same breath but we'll keep it going <laughs> uh, Fly communication uh, things like Lycio uh that are, that are available marketing automation like active campaign or keep Workflow, monday.com, Asana, uh, lists by Microsoft, just to kind of name a few, and bookkeeping services. I mean, I think most of our, our clients know what those are, right? But yeah. QBO and Zero, you need something. So <laughs> And not only do these apps help your teams with the benefits, uh, but, yeah, you know, that were mentioned above, like communication and collaboration and whatnot, but they also ensure that your firm has... The tools to be able to keep a leg up on the competition.
0: And by tools, we mean specifically like gear is another example, which is number three on our list. It's kind of a broad term, but what specifically when it comes to the accounting profession are we talking about when we talk about gear?
1: Yeah, I think a a big topic that we run into is, uh, or a desire uh, that people have, accountants specifically, is to look at standardizing uh, the gear. And that help to streamline uh, the various processes and efficiencies that the staff has. So it's basically, you know, either leaning on us for uh, guidance of what the hard right hardware is, uh, or you know, looking at the the hardware that your most successful employees are are, are using and trying to align uh, everybody with the same gear. But beyond that, you have to be refreshing it on a regular basis. The you know the industry standard, uh, or you know, I guess. Kind of the the gold standard, if you will, is to replace uh, all of your your core computing hardware, so your your actual you know CPU towers and laptops on a three to four year cadence. so they're all replaced before they're four years of age. You know, we won't go into the exceptions to that, but there's exceptions to every rule, of course, but
0: yeah, we'll dive deep into yeah. that later on. Number four is connectivity. Obviously, you have to have good Wi-Fi nowadays, but what are we specifically talking about from a security aspect when it comes to connectivity?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, good Wi-Fi, but you know, trusted uh, permanent like access or persistent access, not permanent, persistent access to the internet. Uh, but also from the perspective of your your managed service provider being able to provide patching, provide security updates to do... The things that we need to be able to do to, you know, keep you compliant, we need to make sure that there's that you've got persistent connectivity, and that just can't happen if you've got flaky Wi-Fi or a a, a cable internet connection that's constantly going down. So you need to be vetting new solutions for that. Yep.
0: Number five is cybersecurity. Can You tell us a little bit about what specifically we're going to be talking about today when it comes to cybersecurity. So security, uh,
1: of course, this isn't a uh, this isn't where it's ranked on the list. It's not ranked at number five. I mean, that's going to be ranked at uh, at the top always. Uh, but what we mean on there is you need to have things uh, written down and documented procedures. I think those are the you know, the foundation of every great forward thinking secure uh, company that I've been a part of, including our own it's just everybody knows what the process is and where they can find it you know if they need a if they need a refresher so define those things and the last
0: one is number 6 which is often overlooked is IT strategy
1: yeah does your i mean does your firm make room in its budget for new technology investments i think one of the biggest things i hear as a comment back is when people are looking at different solutions, is they're so focused on just that dollar amount. They see, they just see the dollar uh, figure up front, and they're not, you know, taking the time to align everything to make sure that they're getting the va- that they're seeing the value, the true value of the products that they're bringing in. And where are they saving money, and you know how? Just taking the time to discuss that openly in your organization to uh, figure out where ways your technology can be improved and. Uh, and what it truly costs to not improve it right absolutely the hidden
0: costs the hidden costs so let's cover the good better and best practices for each component What do you think of that little tune, Joe? I was
1: I was boogieing, man. I was over here chair dancing.
0: Hopefully you don't get sued for copyright infringement. <laughs> Let's go into number one, IT support. Let's see the good, better, best, starting with that one, Joe.
1: Yeah, so what are the good items? There's basically just having access to somebody. A good, consistent support contact or knowing who to contact uh, yeah. at all is, is certainly good. They've got business hours that are acceptable and they're responsive. Right. Better would be that they're not just there when it breaks. Right. That's what the kind of the good is, but that they're doing something proactive. They're deploying patches. They're uh, doing some of the uh, preventative security uh, measures and everything that we mentioned previously. And they support all of your technology devices as opposed to just the server. Right. It's uh, it's more than than just the server that you have. And best would be, you know, someone who understands your business and supports your goals and uh, puts together plans for technology that are in support uh, of those goals. That's what we mean by that. So they've got a service level agreement in place that puts it pretty clear as to what the expectations are that they're providing you as a firm. Yeah, and someone who has a good
0: understanding of accounting Technology specifically, you know, not just a generalist. I guess is essentially what you're saying.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Justin. Many of our accountants are looking to specialize uh, because they can deliver a, a higher quality product uh, for their customers. So it's kind of the same thing, you know. For us, like we specialized in this space because we can be laser focused on the the solutions that we're providing and uh, and say with confidence. You know, you need to be using. X, Y, Z product, yeah. right? Uh, because everyone else is.
0: Right. And when it comes to applications, I would say cloud apps are forgiven at this point, but what are the good, better, and best when it comes to apps?
1: So, if, I mean, feature-wise without going down the rabbit hole of the individual products themselves, yeah. right? Uh, and And I also don't want to rank any specific product as good, better, or best because frankly, some products are best for the right firm. But a good firm or a good software product, excuse me, or an application uh, should, at the very least, be uh, current and up-to-date. You know, so uh, Adobe PDF or Adobe Acrobat is a great product, right? But not if it's 2015 or 2016 version, (laughs) right? So it's a good product if it's up-to-date. It enables automation or has some type of level of integration capability or access to to other third parties and other products. And it's backed up and secure. I can't bang that drum enough, right, about backups. We've got a an episode that Justin and I, you and I were talking about, uh, talking almost to the audience directly at this point. But uh, <laughs> but we had a, a podcast where we were talking about just about backups, something that we'll have in the future. But yeah. Amazing that there are products out there, software, that actually doesn't get backed up. Uh didn't even know that's possible anymore. But anyway, uh I digress. So uh better would be you know that the uh it's we got a well-trained staff. So the I think that you could look at that both ways, both your internal you know, staff is well trained on the applications that they're using. But I think if you look at that from the perspective of having training available for the products that you're using, having resources. There's nothing worse than being like attracted to a really, really great product and having just on your own to figure it out. Right, so that leaves much room for improvement, but it's efficient and it's got tightly integrated. Those are all good things that are better, but they tie more into the best, right? I mean, fully integrated uh, applications, which means that all the apps that you use go through a selection process to make sure that they are going to talk to zero they're going to talk to cookbooks online and they're going to take that credit card information they're not going to save it anywhere it's just going to take the payment and process it and reconcile it to a to an invoice whatever it is so and their native cloud i mean i, I at this point that probably goes without saying like the application should not be on somebody's computer or a local server or at least depended on it.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest challenge with apps is really not so much the implementation part. It's just the research and finding the right one that fully integrates with what you're looking for, right? Because there's a lot of of testing and making sure that it has the right integrations to make sure that you can efficiently optimize most of your processes, I guess, if that makes sense. So that's good. Uh, Let's go to number three, good, better, best. Is Windows 10 the standard for... uh, operating system nowadays still? Is that where people should be at least at the very minimum?
1: I'd say so. I mean, really for accountants in general, as um, as much as it pains me as an Apple user personally to say, it, I mean, it's actually more, you, you need to be on Windows and you do need to be on uh, at least Windows 10 because it's the most recent that's supported by Microsoft. And when we say supported. That means, from a security standpoint, for patching Mm -hmm. updates and things like that of the operating system. Windows 11 is actually really, really great too. I mean, I think, I mean, I've used a lot of Windows 11, and our staff is, we've known on pretty much every new computer is shipping with Windows 11 these days anyway. And the early feedback from our clients is that it's really, really a step in the right direction as opposed Mm -hmm. to just a different direction for Microsoft. So, but, from gear yeah my a windows computer keep it under warranty or inside of that 4 year life cycle you have policies in place that identify i guess if something's not capable of being encrypted right and so you've got a policy that identifies that and removes it from the environment or brings it back into into compliance right better i would say systems that have to take everything from good and then basically be like, build on that. So you got systems that are ergonomic and comfortable for the employees to use. The employees have a little bit of choice as to, we don't want to give them too, too much free reign here, but a little bit of choice as to, yeah. or say, if you will, as to what they uh, they're going to be using, whether it's a desktop, laptop, a big monitor or multiple monitors but having a couple of different recipes for success so the employees can choose and uh, device management. So having a way to wipe so you can remotely wipe devices if something's lost or stolen. Yep. So, and best would be, I alluded to it a little bit, but large or dual monitors, right? Um, I guess it should almost not look like a Best Buy when you walk into someone's uh, into your office, but, adopting technologies and not being afraid of these things because things like microphones and uh, webcams and uh, nice monitors, they make a world of difference. Spend that extra hundred bucks on the monitor. You will not regret it. So. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Especially when it comes to XL. I mean, if you're going in split screen (laughs) mode, like I, I don't know where I'd be without my large monitor. I think most of our team anyways has the Dell. How many inches is it? Like 40 inch monitor. And that yeah. is like absolutely huge for us. Like you said before, having high quality headsets, all that is super important, especially if you're entirely remote team.
1: So that's good advice. Yeah. Let's go to, I mean, you spent like, 2000 hours in front of your monitor a year, you know, yeah. I mean, that's spend more time, about. more time in front of your monitor than you do your own spouse. Right. So it's like, I mean, might as well have a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a great way to look at it. 2080, if you're getting a 40-hour work week over 52 weeks a year. Yeah. And yeah. I know many of our
0: accounts are doing a lot more than 40. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. No, that's great advice. Number four is connectivity. You kind of touched on it a little bit. At least you should be having high-speed Wi-Fi, but what goes into that as far as having
1: quality, secure internet connection? Yeah, so... I mean, what provides that Wi-Fi, of course, is your wireless devices, but the internet, the uh, fi- fiber or cable internet. Fiber is, there's a big initiative around the country to, uh, to bring fiber to a lot of rural areas. I mean, I'm in a very rural area. There's 300 people in my town in Tennessee. So, yeah, uh, and I've got fiber you know, here at the house. So, uh, if, it, if you haven't looked for fiber uh, in your area for, in a long time, then do so. Yeah, do it and sign up for it. You will not regret uh giving up all the hours of downtime that you have every single year uh, or over the course of a year by having, you know, cable internet with one of the big with one of the big names. You also will love not having to share it with your neighbors and just because everybody, you know, in your office building is you know, streaming netflix and hulu and and whatnot not doing their jobs you're not going to have to worry about it impacting your your productivity if you're on fiber so i mean there's a lot there so have a have a good internet offering have failover would be uh something probably you know to move to the uh to the best category but we'll touch on that in a second but encrypted wi-fi so that you don't give the and don't give the password out to anybody uh that yeah, just anybody only employees have it and uh, yeah you use but you don't depend on it uh i don't depend on wi-fi It's always best whenever possible to depend on a on a wired connection it's just I mean, until further notice it's going to be more reliable <laughs> so it's a good backup too you know if you have a
0: really important meeting and oh absolutely so you're glitching out you know, if you can just connect to an ethernet that's you know that's great to have that as a backup
1: Cause, and your computer will switch between both, so it's almost like having failover built into your your computer. So yeah. if your if your Ethernet cable died, you might not even know because you're just going to stay connected to Wi-Fi. So if Wi-Fi goes down, you're just going to be connected to Ethernet anyway. So yep. make it so it doesn't matter. But better would be some type of managed, monitored Wi-Fi. So that's basically a reporting. So some if somebody's trying to hack into your Wi-Fi, right, uh, or you know, that there's breach attempts that are logged. There's rotating passwords, a good hygiene uh, for it, or uh, authenticated users for Wi-Fi. It's a good mm-hmm. one. And in best, I mean, you combine all of that, really. I mean, I think you get, and you get the best. It's not so much an either or, just keep building on it and keep your wireless devices, your your access points, routers, stuff like that. Keep them up to date within about five to six years. You're always going to make sure that you're using the latest uh, security technology and getting the best performance out of your Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah. And speaking of security, that's number five. When it comes to having written security policies, that's pretty much a given at this point, but no firm that's going to have the absolute best security. There's always room for improvement, but when it comes to good, better, best, how can people improve beyond the policies?
1: Besides just writing them, it's I would say enforcing uh, the policies is a great example is where firms can get much better at is it's great to document all of these things, but yeah enforce I think we mentioned on a, on a previous episode I could be mixing them up, but uh about you know hiring and firing on based on security issues, frankly mm-hmm. so that's what it means to basically have a secure firm and have these policies. It's not just a you know something to look at. you actually got to drive the car from time to time, so right. But also, you know, the same then applies to securing your client communications and, uh, and there too is if people know where to find these policies and are held accountable for it, they know what to do to communicate with their clients and to call a client out or call somebody out when they're not practicing good digital hygiene. But you need
0: someone that is essentially driving that car, like you were saying, so Essentially, what you're saying is you need to have a leader when it comes to security to make sure that they're responsible and making sure their employees are responsible to make sure that they're not breaching, I guess, any security.
1: Yeah, it is not the sexiest job ever either. I know our security leader has its actually changed a couple of times, but the reasoning is because it's a tiresome job and it's actually good to get other people involved in it so that it's not always the same person doing it because eventually they're just going to phone it in because it's, it's tricky, it's tough, and it's in many ways it's boring, but somebody needs to own it and make sure that every year at least the employees are signing the whatever update to the policy is. Even if you just threw an extra comma in the policy, that's a change that people should you know be forced to now try to read and find where that comma is.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it takes discipline.
1: I feel like it's kind of what you're saying to discipline. Yeah. It's a great word for it. Takes discipline. and If it doesn't, requires disciplinary action.
0: Yeah. And someone has to care at the end of the day because you have to yeah. make sure that your employees are continuously being trained with the latest security, and aware of the different attacks that yeah. could be in them from, you know, any angle, especially when it comes to like email phishing and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I think the best thing that you can do, I mean, that, what you just mentioned there dovetails nicely into it, which is just training your clients and, uh, and staff uh, regularly. I mean, we already mentioned the staff, but also providing something to the clients, you know, so that they know, you know, the best ways to do it. You've already got regular annual cadence. Uh, many of our accountants do, like in the form of engagement letters and stuff like that. Those are great ways to actually communicate new security initiatives that you have as an organization.
0: So number six, our very last one, Joe, is strategy. Can you touch on that real quick?
1: Yeah, at the very least, you should be having regular vendor discussions. So actually kind of goes back a little bit earlier what I said with applications is when it comes time to Budget and understand the what apps are on the market. It's understanding the whole impact that the products will have on your firm, and that if you're not making decisions uh, based on the impact that it's going to have on your firm, then you really have a, a missed opportunity. So it's regular conversations regarding the technology with your staff, with your IT provider, right, and entering into engagements with or discussions with other vendors and other products that are out there always be open and just you know researching you know new new solutions that could make you better and keep track of the issues that you're facing with your existing software kind of have a running list that's a good way to do it and every once in a while you can bring that running list to your vendor and be like hey if you fix this like 10 things here or is this somewhere? can you show me where it's at on your roadmap that it's it's going to be fixed. I know I'm not crazy. Yeah. And then along those lines is it's the written technology plan. So the issues list can actually be kind of part of that, an issue of ver- various applications. But the written technology plan that says, you know, it takes into account your goal of where you want to be in two years, three years, five years, to the extent you could read those tea leaves. You write something down and be like, by 2025. We will be a fully cloud-based accounting firm that does not have a physical server or even office presence anymore. There's the goal. Great. Have a plan in place because you're going to need some technology to do it. (laughs) Yeah, give yourself a
0: due date, make it a 90-day priority at the very max, and then go from there.
1: Yeah. And best would be that you're doing regular planning you've got some type of either business coach or technology advisor consultant whatever you know that's going through and this is what we do with our clients we meet with them on a quarterly basis to understand the technology that they're using revisit the existing technology plan the projects that have been done and understand their goals or where they want to go have any, has anything changed and make sure that we're recommending different products and solutions or demos or whatever it is To try to keep everybody not only afloat, but rowing in the same direction, right? Yeah. And that's and that you're getting you've got somebody that supports that growth and that strategy should have a measurable return on the investment. Maybe not immediate. I mean, no strategy is immediate shows immediate return, right? I mean, we're paying tens of thousands of dollars a year for consulting ourselves, but yep, it's taken time for us to start realizing those the benefits of that strategy. Yeah. A lot of hidden
0: costs when it comes to technology. Hidden benefits, I should say. So we're talking about, yeah, (laughs) a little bit of Hidden costs, hidden benefits. (laughs) Yeah, you were talking a lot about documentation. We have a very valuable source. We just call it a technology worksheet, but essentially it helps firms identify, prioritize, and decide on new technology investments and gives them specific goals when it comes to what they want to address the most so we're going to provide that resource in the description of this podcast and i think we're going to wrap this one up joe is there anything you have to say or anything you want to say as a little bit of a recap of today's episode
1: no i mean well maybe there is the these resources a lot of them are available on our uh, on our website. I mean, this is something that we talk about. We've definitely talked about in the in the past internally, never from the podcast platform. But Thank you for listening. Visit our website if you want some more information. Make sure to hit us up at techarooit.com slash podcasts and throw your questions out there. We'd love to, love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, send a voice message. We would love to answer any That's questions true. we have. We have a new thing called it's literally just called the voice message. You go on our page and you click on send a voice message and you record a little snippet asking your questions and we might play it during the episode. So uh, highly encourage that. We'd love to get some interaction with our audience. And other than that, Joe, I think we'll just sign this one off.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Send us a face mail. I would love that. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.